Hey guys, how we doing? Ooh, how are you doing today? I'm Joe Gaither, I'm hanging out with you guys on a wonderful Monday, and we're going to do something new today. We're going to do something new. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, we're doing something new, and we're having a lot of fun. We're going to have as much fun as we can with it, and uh, this is the maiden voyage. This is the, we're, we're getting started here, and so uh, let me tell you about what, what's going on. This is the Joe Gaither Show, and we are live on Twitter, on Facebook. We will be live on YouTube tomorrow. It'll be reposted to YouTube today. Chris, I didn't get my two-factor authentication. That is my fault. Done in time. So I'm going to repost today's episode right to YouTube when we finish. Uh, but if you're watching on Facebook and if you're watching on YouTube, I really pre- or on, on, on Twitter, I really appreciate you hanging out and joining us, following us over to this digital media space. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited today because we're going to talk about some Alabama sports. We're going to talk Alabama softball and baseball. Uh, the diamond sports are going off the chain. Much uh, much to my surprise, actually. We'll talk about uh, what my vision or what our plans are for uh, this platform and what, what we're going to be doing, what you can expect to hear from us daily. And uh, we're also maybe touch on some quarterbacks as well. So uh, I think my boss is ready. I think my guest is ready. Without further ado, I'm going to bring in my boss, my new friend, uh, the man, the myth, the legend at at Riding Walsh, you can find him on Twitter at Riding Walsh. Christopher Walsh is in charge of everything that you see here. So uh, we, we decided we're going to take a page out of one of my favorites uh, book here today, Chris. Uh, you, you know, one thing we talked about my love and affinity for Dan Levitard before. One thing they like to do is have you know show meetings live on the air and 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 let the audience kind of see the backbones and kind of understand what they're doing and sometimes it's ugly sometimes it's <laughs> professional but uh, i i believe that it might be the best way to uh, get to know each other and figure out what we're going to do with this project together so first off thank you so much for having me on Bama Central, and thanks for having me uh, join today. I appreciate you uh, uh, taking a chance on me. And uh, how how is your Monday going? How's your sandwich? And are uh, you ready for a busy week? Oh, the sandwich is uh, long gone. So, um, uh, you hearing me okay, though, Joe? I am. Yes, I am. Yeah, I apologize. I, I'm I'm trying a new microphone. So, I mean, everything's new. Um, first off. Uh, welcome. We're we're thrilled to have you at Bama Central, and um, we are, are, are we're doing something different. We're doing something new, and that um, obviously with the addition of a show. But we are launching what we're calling the Bama Central Broadcast Network, and this is going to be the flagship, um, if you will. Also, it's it's for those of you who might be familiar with Blue Collar Unplugged, the the podcast that uh, Blake Byler uh, does with um, um, Matthew Gibson. Uh, we're going to have the first episode of that posted later this week. We're, we're also going to have a, a redesign of our front page. Uh, we've got a lot of things that are going on, and and we're, we're incredibly excited about this, and, and we think it's going to be really terrific, and, and people are really going to like it, so... Yeah, it's uh, it's it's here and we're going. So, it's, uh, welcome everyone. <laughs> You've already built a, a, a fantastic staff over over the time uh, since Bama Central has has been in. Uh, inaugurated and really i've watched y'all for the last handful of years in the media space thinking oh my gosh those are real journalists they're really getting the work done they're writing to a top level they're giving the people uh, objective 
objective information. And so I'm really, really, I, I look around at the staff and I'm like, oh my gosh, do I belong here? So I, I'm really appreciative <laughs> of that and uh, hopeful that uh, your staff, Katie and Austin and, and Blake and everybody will help. Uh, I can't wait to learn from them and, and, and really raise my own game. So I'm excited to be here and, and figure out the best way to contribute and, and, and get going. Yeah, I, well, one of the things that we're doing is uh, we want to emphasize our core sports that we cover. And we want to be known for certain things, including our cover stories. But uh, it's Austin is, is, is stepping into uh, covering. He's going to be our, our point guy in football. And Kitty is our, our lead writer, uh, period, overall. I should have mentioned that first. Um, and so she's going to be doing some, some different things as well. Uh, Blake is our Mr. Basketball already. And, I mean, it's, yeah, he's already been with us for a couple of years, and it was it was apparent very very quickly that he knew more about basketball than basically anyone on the staff. So that was a very easy decision. Uh, we've added um, Will Miller and um, and Matthew Gibson, and and they're they're going to be terrific. And they, they were both instrumental in in our coverage over the weekend of the softball regional and baseball the the season finale against Ole Miss. So, and then, you know, the, the, a lot of the usual um, names that you've seen associated with the site, you know, um, uh, Christy Patrick, who is the, you know, the lady in red who, do, she does our NFL database um, and, and uh, you know, uh, Crimson Tykes, you know, I have to mention um, Mr. Cisco, Anthony Cisco, um, our, our historian who is, amazing and i can't say enough good things about um it's just it, you know we just across the board we've got a full staff people who are contributing and and helping out and um it's uh, excuse me i i didn't mention jimmy bank's name um our, our historian um but it's it's we're excited i mean i i it, you know i know that you always kind of hear that stuff um, you know, when, you know, it's like, Hey, what's going on with this team? Oh, we're excited to play, you know, the number one team in the nation or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but we really are. I mean, it's, you know, like we have, we have Edwin Stanton, um, who is a big time contributor. He's the former executive editor of the Tuscaloosa news. Um, and so, I mean, I love to, you know, I love to brag on these guys, but it's really quite easy to do. Um, and so it's, and, and we think, uh, we are, are are taking our site to the next level here with, um, you know, our, our, our podcast video and, and this show uh, to really add a dimension to the site that, that we had before, but it's we want to take it to a whole new thing. Well, none of it would be possible, Chris. Uh, uh, you, you didn't even mention yourself. None of it would be possible without your vision and your leadership. And and when uh, I told my parents I was uh, considering making a move, they said, oh, tell me about it, this, that, and the other. And I said, well, you know Deontay Wilder, don't you? And they're they're casual fans, and I, uh, ca casual sports fans, and not much of boxing fans. Oh, of course we do. I said, well, this fellow about eight, ten years ago was in front of De Deontay Wilder before he got popular, and I just want to – you to retell that story briefly because not many people hear about it now. You, you, you mentioned that you don't get asked about it too often. I think it, I think it speaks to how dedicated you are to not just uh, not just telling the people's stories, but but really uh, experiencing it and putting them in that that moment. So the people that don't know you from that story, what exactly happened, and and, and really uh, how did that follow through and change your career? 
It's it's <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because this is the second time I've told the story today. Um, the reason why my eyes are like so like slits is <laughs> I was seeing an eye doctor today, um, and I've um, got a little bit of a problem in my left eye, but um, it's it's they dilated my eyes. That's why they're so small. But it's we were talking about my my past history with my eye. And they were kind of like, well, yeah, you know, have you ever had any eye trauma or anything like that? Well, yeah, sort of. Um, and so the problem I'm having now is not related, I'm, I'm happy to say. But uh, so here it goes. Back in 2008, I was, um, I was working for the Tuscaloosa News, and I came up with this idea of let's do um, a series of stories where I try different things. Um, try yoga. Um, I played in the Wimbledon of Tuscaloosa, which was the Pritchett Moore tennis tournament. Indian Hills. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and, and I got thumped, but um, actually I had played in that one before. So that one I cheated a little bit on, um, you know, played every single golf course in town. And, and so, you know, I was trying to think of something different and I pitched the idea of, you know, we've got Deontay Wilder in town. Why don't we do something where I train with him for a week, I learn how to fight, and then I spar with him. Whew. And I'm going to fast forward a little bit. It turned into a it, – it, it, you know, it's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Okay. Um, fast forward. I um, <laughs> the, the week of training turned into about 90 seconds, maybe two minutes of um, – you know, I got a phone call one day. It was like, "Hey, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do it tomorrow. Show up at such and such time." So I do, and Deontay is in the middle of a workout. I mean, he is going full out, and I'm just like, "Okay, yeah, we're gonna do this." So they throw me, they show me how to throw a punch, and um, that was it. <laughs> that was my. Had you ever been in a fight before, prior to that, professionally or recreationally? Uh, well, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to get the crud kicked out of me, but you know that doesn't really count. Sure. Um, so, it, I mean, this was me in a, in a an official bag, you know, and throw the punch, and okay. And then they threw me in there, and they put they put the the headgear, and I, I, you know, I don't know how much Deontay was fully aware of who I was and what I was doing, but it was he was he was zoned in. And so they told him, um, you know, it's hit him, hit him in the um, hit him in the padding of the of the of the helmet. So we danced around for about f five six seconds. <laughs> Nobody does anything, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw a punch. And it's like, let's let's just go with the right. Let's just throw it at him. Let's see what happens. So what I really screwed up on was. I leaned in, and the second I leaned in, before I could throw the punch, Deontay reacted, bam, hit me dead in the face, and because I leaned in, he missed the padding. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, I saw stars, and I went down, boom, and I mean, the video, it's, it's, it's hysterical. I mean, I got to be honest. It, it looks ridiculous. Um, and I go down, and 
everyone laughs and they're like, okay, get up, you know, hey, let's get up, let's have you, you know, let's have Deont- you know, you throw punches and, and whatever. And I was like, no, I'm done. I uh, I am done. Um and and see here's the thing, like I grew up as a hockey player. I, I had taken some pretty nasty hits before. Um I got blindsided once where I mean I probably had a little bit of whiplash. It was it was so bad and I ended up a couple days in bed. This he hit I mean, wow. I mean just one punch. So um we shoot the video, we have fun with it. Uh at the time I was not married to my wife. We were dating. Um I had told her I was probably gonna do it. I didn't kind of say when I was gonna do it because I knew she was she, she would have been thrilled, obviously. Better judgment. And um, so I call her on the way home. It's like, hey, how I just did it? She's like, uh, she very nicely calls me an idiot, basically, which I deserved. Let's let's be honest. So um, now here's the rest of the story. So within a day, I've got a mark. Um, I mean, it looked like somebody had painted a black mark under my eye. Um, like you know, like football players going out on a field. You know, they 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 do the grease and all that. I mean, across. And that thing did not move. I mean, that, 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 uh, it, it was there and it, it wasn't going away. So about three weeks later, I have to tell the rest of this. Yeah, absolutely. Please. Later, um, I'm, I'm under the weather and I end up in a doctor's office and, um, um, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't feel well, you know, da, 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 da. And we're, you know, we're, we're thinking about various things. And the doctor says, you know, hey, I saw the video, you know. And I was like, yeah, you know, that just kind of happened thing. He was, he thought that that was like six months ago, nine months ago, whatever kind of thing. And so he's like, I, I mentioned that my top lip was, was numb. He's like, I'll bet you you broke your orbital bone. Um. He's like, that's kind of a, a, a strong tell. Like, okay. So um, sure enough, um, I'm going to fast forward now again. And I kept getting these, I, I, I kept getting sick. Um, every few months, just the same kind of thing, sinus infections and so forth. And um, somebody diagnosed, uh, I, I got diagnosed with sleep apnea too on the side. So they were like, we think you have a deviated septum. We're going to go and clean it up okay so i have surgery <laughs> doctor comes out grabs my wife was like has he ever been you know had any sort of head trauma or anything like that <laughs> and she's like uh no except when he got you know when he got the ring with deontay wilder apparently he it had like shifted everything over um and when it did, it blocked the, the my sinus cavity, and that's I, so I kept getting sick. It was it was getting sinus infections because it was blocked, and they said that they could actually see where like stuff out of my eye was oozing out through the through the fracture. I mean, just nasty stuff. Um, and they were like, "Yeah, we fixed it, and uh, you know he's going to be fine, and and so forth." But. Um, yeah, that's that's the whole story. I'm the idiot who got into the ring with Deontay Wilder and wrote about it. And um, I mean, I won a couple of awards uh, for the column, which was kind of neat. And 
it's funny. I've never of all the contests I've ever entered, I never had the judge contact me before. But I this time, this guy contacted me. I'm not going to say who it was, and he was like, I had I had it. I had to talk to the guy who actually got in the ring with him, kind of thing, and 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 lived to tell the tale. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, well, idiot is the easy description, but that makes me. Uh, Deep down, very excited. That makes me like, oh, that you know, um, like the people. Oh, do you want to tackle Derrick Henry? Do you want to get run out? Like, no, I mm-hmm. don't. But I would. Uh, but you know what? For one day, for a story, that sounds like. I mean, shoot, I'd be hurt. I'd be hurt. But uh, the experience, <laughs> I think it'd be. Uh, so I, I admire the courage. I admire just the uh, the dedication to say, you know what, Deontay. You got the biggest right hand in the sport of boxing. Let's see how that feels. Uh, I, I uh, think that's absolutely wild. I mean, I really I saw stars. I'm, I don't want to. I just if there was a white flash, bam, I'm on the ground, um, and that's all I needed. And look, I'm I'm six foot four. Okay, I'm looking up at him, which doesn't happen that often unless I'm like unless it's like my NBA days kind of thing, um, and it's it's just. It hurts so freaking much. And I just, I, I watch these guys now and I'm just like, I don't know how these people do it. You know, it, it, it definitely gave me a new appreciation for boxing. Um, and, and, a, and a huge respect. It, it was funny though. Um, a few months after, or like, a, actually, I think it was about a year later. I, it, it was right before I think I left the Tuscaloosa News. They were, um, uh, they did a special video thing with Yontay and they had him like in, in house and in studio. They wanted me to burst through the door and, and demand a rematch. And I was like, hell no, no, I'm not doing it. The thing was, it was also my day off. So I, I, I was kind of, I, I had something I had to do that day. So I wasn't going to be around, but I came back the next, the, the day after, and there was a note on my desk that said, uh, you know, Hey Walsh, I'm looking for you you know, for round two, Deontay. <laughs> so. Well, that's a great story. And I think it just kind of, I, I think it really paints the picture of how uh, important the, the journalism field is to you and how uh, really you've dedicated your life to it. And so I really, I wanted to get that out there as a thank you and kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, excited and nervous to hopefully fit right in with that. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped <laughs> up to to be a part of a, a part of your crew in that fashion because that's gonna. I met Deontay Wilder in the first year that I was in the industry he, before he fought Tyson Fury uh, before that that trilogy got started and yeah. uh, he was up and spent about an hour at a radio station was just the nicest guy in the world. Uh, yeah. it's, it's amazing that you flip that switch and he goes from. Super nice to oh my gosh I don't want to be in your way at all. You know it's it's funny because I okay I covered before I came to to Alabama I covered three NFL teams. I had a job in Phoenix where I was like a one man bureau for the the Tucson Citizen, and so like I would spend my day like at the Cardinals for football, and then that night I'd be courtside at the Suns, and I'd be writing my football story during the Suns game, and then I'd do something afterwards and. Um, it was it was really really a, a, a fun gig that I had, but um, it's it, I, I, I you know it it there's dedication and there's there's um, I don't know how to put it um, you know we 
if there's one thing I can I can like try to convey on some of the guys that we have, uh, you know, writing for us at Bama Central is is um, you got to want it and you got to you got to have that passion. And uh, you know, it's like when I talk to journalists, I, I'm explaining this really really poorly, but like when I talk to the promising journalists and they're like, oh, it's like, hey, what's your advice that that you want to you know give kind of thing? And I always say, don't do this unless you really can't not do it. Um, and it's kind of a good way to define on if you if you can really do this for a living and do it well. Because, I mean, I've seen people, it's like they have the passion, but they don't have the ability. And, um, and, and, and you know, you flip it around. It's, you know, I've seen people who have all the ability in the world and they don't have the passion. And they just don't wonder why they don't, they, they can't make a click in this industry. But, um, you know, it, it's deep down, you got to really love it. To, to, to be a journalist and, and um, a sports journalist in particular. And, uh, you know, now that I've done it for 30 years, whatever it is, um, I, you know, this is, I, I love doing, I, I love the site and I love the way that we go about things. And we're not going to, um, you know, we're not going to cut corners. We're not going to sit there and, and um, give you something that, that it's, it's, you're going to look at it and just go, what is this kind of thing? It's we're striving really to um, be the best. We want to have the best writers. We want to give them opportunities that they, that they wouldn't get anywhere else. Um, and, and hopefully it, it, it gets reflected. Um, you know, granted we, we have a young staff, um, but it's, 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 it's a good staff. And um, you know, I look at these guys that we have and, and gal, I have to say, you know, Katie, um, She's a pro. She has the drive. She has the determination. She's our leader, lead writer. She's terrific. Um, so, but it's, you know, we're also the only news outlet at this point that um, covers uh, at Alabama sports other than football and basketball. We do baseball. We do softball. We do gymnastics and um, uh, and, and so forth. And, and we're the only news outlet that's there every single day. And we think it's really important. Um, you need to go to the games. You you need to be there. You need to develop the relationships that that go with that. So that's kind of a taste of what we're all about. That's a perfect pivot point, Chris. Let's talk about the Diamond Sports this weekend because they they, they really had two strong weekends on both sides on both sides yeah. of campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right at the right at the Joe, you had Alabama sweeping Ole Miss, and so that locks up Alabama with the number five seed in the in, for the SEC tournament this past weekend. Alabama won, has now won three straight SEC series, and I don't mean to be that low hanging fruit guy, but oh my gosh, has Brad Bo, did Brad Bohannon hold the team back, or is it something else? Eight and two after the firing, now up to tw- number twelve in the RPI in the most recent D one baseball rankings, up to number twenty four. Got a pretty tough draw this weekend or this coming week up in Hoover, but the, the trend has just gone up, 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 up the last three or four weeks. What's your, what do you make of the baseball team reacting to the firing and whether Coach Bo was a part of holding the team back or not? The it's it's clearly a pivotal point in the season. What do you make of the guys responding and now their chances to uh, make some noise in in Hoover? You know, it's it's uh, I, the thing about it. It's it's a little. I'm still, you know, a lot of people I think are still kind of trying to figure out exactly how they feel about, I mean, obviously there's something really, really illicit that happened and, and the school did not hesitate. 
And um, that, you know, we'll find out if I think some more of the details. Um, but, you know, from afar and, and from when I was there, um, you know, and I mean, everyone on our staff, we really liked uh, Bohannon. And Echo that. Like, he would come on and do our podcasts and stuff. And um, it just, it, but the thing was, when he got let go, you know, we're kind of, you know, we start asking around a little bit. And, and the thing that we were hearing from people behind the scenes and, you know, you know, guys who were in the locker room and so forth, they start, they, they were using terms like breath of fresh air, you know, and, and, and the players were, were just, they were viewing, viewing it as a positive. So obviously there was, there was something going on there more than, than we all kind of uh, realized. And, and we're still kind of trying to uh, pin down. Um, but the way this team is played, wow. You know, I mean, I don't – nobody could have expected this. And, you know, like from running Bama Central, you know, we're trying to figure out, like, what are we going to cover, where are we going to go to kind of thing. It was kind of like, well, you know, maybe we're going to, to Hoover. And that was about it. And now we're looking at, you know, maybe they can make a run at Hoover. Maybe they can host a regional. My goodness! If they are hosting a regional, then they're the favorite to, ho- to go to a super regional. Um, and if that happens, I mean, you're one step away from the College World Series. Um, I love the way this team is playing. They're obviously hitting the ball really well. They've got you know key starts from 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 pitchers. Uh, they're the hottest team in the SEC. I mean, five straight wins. I, okay, look. Obviously, Ole Miss wasn't playing for a whole lot. I mean, but they're still the reigning champions and. You know, that first game in particular, it looked like that Ole Miss was given everything that they got, and it just got, you know, maybe they just got the life sucked out of them. I don't know. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but the the series win at Texas A&M was impressive. Uh, the series win against Vanderbilt obviously was impressive. I mean, that was number five in the, in the country. And granted, Vanderbilt um, is not playing the same way uh, all of a sudden. You know, granted, their top two starters are are – dealing with injuries. One may be out for the season. The other one probably isn't going to pitch at the SEC tournament. But the Commodores aren't hitting either, which you kind of look at them like, wow. Um, So they're fun to watch. Uh, You know, you mentioned it's a tough matchup at the SEC tournament. You look at that bracket, bracket, there is no matchup that's not not tough. So So, look at that. You're you're playing – Kentucky right off the rip, and Kentucky, yes, they've had a, a little dip at the end, but if you beat Kentucky, you've got number one seed Florida, mm. and that sends you, if you lose to them, oh, my gosh, that sends you maybe into an elimination game against Auburn the next day. God. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's possible, and, and, you know, Auburn's probably the second hottest team in the SEC right now. They're playing really well, um, and, you know, you're talking about the two teams that are going to have some, you know, some serious fans there at, 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 oh, yeah. at in Hoover. Uh, I, it's it's going to make for a very interesting uh, tournament period. Uh, the one thing that I've really learned about this tournament is 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 you know no matter who you whom you think is gonna, which no matter which team you think is going to win it, they're not going to win it probably. It's it's this is one of those things where it could really be any team. It's the hottest team usually, and you got to get a couple of breaks and. Uh, the the size of the stadium also comes into play because it's it's a really big stadium as well. So um, we're we're going to have three, maybe four people at, at every single game. We're going to staff this more than anybody else. Um, we've got uh, Austin is going to headline our coverage. 
Uh, Will Miller is going to help him help him out every single day, so we have at least two people there. Blake's going to go when he can, and um, uh, you know you might have an appearance from from former uh, Bama Central employee uh, Joey Blackwell. Oh, he, he might be dropping in as well. So, um, and we're going to have um, you know full coverage, and and just we're going to ride this out as much as we can. But you know, it's, it's as soon as as you know, let's say they make a run, you know, it's, it's say they get into the Thursday or Friday and then they got softball um, as well. So it's, it's going to be, it's, it's a fun week. It really is. And everyone's always like, Oh, what are you doing during the off season? It's like, we just keep going. <laughs> there is no off season. July, maybe, 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 but no. not really. You got recruiting and ramping up for fall camp and getting ready for that. What's your, where, where do you rank the SEC tournament as far as like SEC events? Because you go to basketball, you go to SEC football championship, and get to gymnastics. But I love Hoover. I, I, the, the times I've been, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been well run. Where, what what do you make of a SEC tournament at Hoover? Oh, I, it's it's a great facility for him. It's a great setup, um, and it's it, it's sadly I think there's a real chance that Hoover's gonna probably not gonna be hosting it much longer, especially with uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming into the league. Uh, just you've got so many really nice facilities. Uh, SEC wants an upper deck. I mean, no offense. I just don't think they're going to build an upper deck at, at, at the stadium. And um, the, the other part of it is the, uh, you know, we're seeing like a shift in, in college athletics like never before. And I think there's a real chance we're, we're, we might be looking at Big Ten has half the, half the teams. SEC's got the other half, and we're looking at top fifties, top you know top fifty teams breaking off, and that's the top tier of, of college football where they self govern themselves. Um, if that happens, and it just it's everything kind of just points in that direction, you know, a tournament like that. I mean, a it's going to be even bigger than ever, but it's it's just. I, I just can't see being in Hoover for too long. And I, I look, I hope I'm wrong on that. It's, um, but you know, the way money operates and, and you're going to get big cities involved and it's a wonderful, wonderful event. Um, you know, I, I think you got to say that the SEC championship of football is probably uh, obviously the marquee event um, and, and basketball, they do a great job. Um, you know, Nashville's is, is a really good um city for that and and hopefully that's not going to change but um you know like softball is a perfect example of how things could change you know with the with the tournament sec tournament right now in softball it goes from stadium to stadium to stadium and a big reason why is because the sec stadiums are probably as good as any in the nation now they are as good as any in the nation um and it's not like you can go to like a neutral site and play in like a facility that's this good. Now that that could change though very, very quickly because you have Oklahoma and Texas coming in the league. Oklahoma's, uh, you know, where they play the the national championship in softball, it makes a whole lot of sense if they can have the conference tournament there every single year that they would do so. All the players get used to the facilities, you know, and so forth. And then, you know, you'll have a permanent site that's a thousand miles away. <laughs> you got a lot of upset Alabama fans, but it yeah, makes sense I mean, logistically. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, um, 
you know, the the conference is going to do what's what it, it sees best in its in, in its in in its best interest as a whole with a lot of these things. But I mean, there's a lot of money that that can be made, and um, you know, like gymnastics, they have the national championships um, pretty much. I think it's pretty much set permanently in the Dallas area, which um, all the, you know, the people I talk to in gymnastics, they say that they really, really like, but it, you know, it stinks for us. You know, it's, it's too far away, but Long way. Absolutely. so be it. Well, we're talking softball. Let's, let's hit on the weekend because it was a weird weekend as it was regionals, uh, regionals in softball. Yeah. Arkansas, LSU and UCLA all going down uh, as favorite seeds in their subsequent regionals. Alabama survives, oh my gosh, survives by the skin of their teeth. I don't know if you were in the building yesterday, but the tension in the air in that second game was was palpable. But Allie Shipman uh, comes away, gets off her little bit of slide and comes away with a solo home run to save Alabama's bacon and get us uh, advanced into the Super Regionals. The Tide will host Northwestern this coming Friday. going to be, uh, I mean, thinking a couple of weeks ago, you would have thought, wow, <laughs> what's this softball team going to do? But the last two weeks, this softball team, even with Montana's injury, I think has been playing probably its best ball in two years. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, um, I'm not quite ready to go that far yet. Okay, um, all right. Because Middle Tennessee State did a great job to, to, to win the first game and extend it as, as well as they could. It wasn't like... I, you know, I mean, no disrespect to them when I say this, but it's not like they were play, playing Stanford, you know, last year. Correct. And Stanford just knocked out Florida, you know, and and, and granted, Florida isn't quite on par with what it usually is, but um, the whole key to this this season, and I, I had a line in this today in in my notes column um, about this. You know, the whole season, everyone was sitting there saying, if they can just get another starter going, if they can get that number two starter. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, and, and Salter had, has had moments. She's been, she hasn't been consistent though. Right. And, and then all of a sudden Torrance out of nowhere starts throwing gems. And the thing, the thing about the game yesterday was, um, so I, I wasn't there. I was actually, I was home uh, watching and um, trying to keep my kids from, from destroying the house, if you will. Very but important. I was like, we're watching softball. I'm sorry. No, we're not <laughs> doing Paw Patrol right now. Um, but it's my kids are two and five. I should, I should explain that. But it's, uh, you know, I was watching the first game and it was, it was curious to me. You know, I was, I was, I wanted to see how long um, Murph wanted to go with Esmond because she's a lefty. And, if you know the longer he could go with her, I thought it was going to help them more in game two with a right hander. So I think that was kind of in the back of his head, if you will. But the thing was, it's like I watched the first inning and I saw the way the Torrance was thrown again. She and she was still, th- she still had the same pop on the ball, but she was keeping it down. And to me, that was the whole key. Yes. And I was like, this game is going to, is going to be tight down to the end. And I actually, I went outside and I mowed, mowed the backyard for uh, an hour and I came back and it was like fourth inning. And then I just, you know, while I was cooling down, I was just, I was just waiting for the hit. It's, it's just, who's going to get it. And um, you know, is it, is, or is it going to be, you know, is, is there going to be a mistake? But the thing, you know, they hit what four balls to the, to the, to, to the warning track. And then finally we had the, you know, the game winning home run. So um, in my, in my mind, it, I wasn't quite, 
you know, on edge like the fans were. Um, obviously, it's it's a little bit different for me. It's 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 you want to be as objective as possible, sure. and uh, so it's it's generally speaking, people always ask me, it's like, do you root for Alabama, kind of thing, and it's like generally, it's it's you know, I'm trying to be objective. I'm not you know trying to do that kind of thing. Um, but as the owner of the site, obviously it would have been in my best interest if Alabama wins since we cover Alabama. And if, if they lose, we've, we don't have anything to cover next week, you know, uh, next weekend. Um, but the other part of that is, is you really root for individuals that you come across, which ties me back to Deontay Wilder. Um, when, when you meet certain people and, 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 you know, they, you strike a chord with them kind of thing, you can't help but do that. Um, you know, you got to root for the good guys, kind of thing. And um, you know, there are some there are some people on on this team, um, the softball team, and 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 even the baseball team. Uh, you you sit there and go, yeah, that's 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 one of the good ones. So it's it's uh, uh, that's kind of where I am on that. But yeah, interesting. Uh, it, it was a great series, a great way for them to win it. We highlight Jayla Torrance, and uh, I'd like to get your opinion just on her as as a player. Uh, well, I'll set up mine, and you can just disagree with me. Or, or I've, I've always seen her as someone who has every all the talent, all the talent to to perform at a high level. But it seems as if the last well, she's a third year. It seems mm-hmm. as if her her thir- her three years have been marked and um, have been clouded by mental lapses by, Oh my gosh, this moment might be a little too big for me. Uh, and where she gets a little wild and for her to, you know, Oh, there's no Montana to come in to, to yesterday and save me. I mean, I guess there would have been in a dire emergency, but for her to say, you know what, this is a big moment and it's me or Salter or Esmond and her to really take the reins. I, I, I'm impressed with her growth. I, I think that if we could, see her a little sharper in the mind that, that, that she could be that number two starter. Yeah. And it's also, you know, it was interesting. I think it was, um, it was, uh, Ellie Shipman, the catcher. Some, um, she was asked about Montana's injury and how uh, injury and how it impacted the team. And she came right out and said that it, it, it not just lit a fire under the team, but the pitchers, especially, mm-hmm. I think she was talking about Torrance, especially. Um, yeah. And she can't say that and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, like last week watching them in the SEC tournament, uh, and all of a sudden the offense is doing better, you know, kind of thing. I, I think there was definitely a feeling of, uh, you know, before of, oh, Montana will do it. And then it was like, no, we have to do it. If if she can get healthy enough to pitch, you know, what like we normally have seen her, I – this might have been the best thing that could have happened to them I, in, in a very weird and strange sort of way because, if, you know, if they can get to that World Series and she pitches well, she's going to be playing. It's, it's, a, it's a team now. It's not just Montana and the other players, or, you know, Montana and Shipman and maybe a, a couple others, uh, you know, Jenna Johnson, you know, down the line. It would be it, – it's a full team now, and you have – people contributing everywhere. And as a coach, I mean, Murph's got to be loving that, that part of it. Um, Cause that's what, that's, that's what you need to win at this point of the season. Well, and, and goodness gracious, you'd think maybe a, a month or two into the season, there's a lot of question marks about whether the team is going to come together. And 
Honestly, uh, Patrick Murphy, his his line this year has been some teams need longer runways. And uh, for a little bit, I thought, oh, that's a bunch of hooey. He's just saying that. He's just trying to, you know, get a little more rope. But no, the runway, if you extend it out, yeah, they, shoot, they they really have been playing at, at I think at a high level. And I'm mean, I'm excited to see them host Northwestern this weekend. Do we expect? I know Montana warmed up a little bit over over the weekend. Do we expect Montana to take the circle on Friday night against the Wildcats? I fully expect Patrick Murphy not to say a thing about it all week, and and I wouldn't either. You know, you got to keep Northwestern guessing um, because it's a totally different kind of preparation, and so you make them do all the extra work. Um, I think we will see Montana in some capacity this this weekend coming up. Something that was really interesting that one of our people noticed at the game, they were watching Montana warm up, and there was, they, they noticed that um, she wasn't stepping. It wasn't a full strike. She wasn't doing the normal um, extend uh, of her knee. And obviously that was because, you know, she was uh, – trying to play it safe and not, not re-injured and, and so forth. Um, that's what I want to see. Um, and, and I kind of speculated to someone, I was like, yeah, I wonder if it's the brace maybe. I don't think it's a brace. I, so, but um, yeah, I think we're going to see Montana in some, in some form. I don't, if I was a betting person, I would not bet on her to start on Friday. Um and I mean, you got a hot pitcher. Why not ride the ride the hot pitcher? And if she can't she can't match it, well, then you go to the next person, or you go to the so forth. Um, Murph had this great line, you know, about how this time of year it's all about the matchups. So, um, and the other thing about this team, real quick, I want to point out is it's it's a really I mean, granted, I mean, we we talk about Montana, who's in her fifth year, and Shipman's in her fifth year, and um, there's another graduate student. Uh, or two, but generally it's a young team. And one of the things that always kind of drives me nuts, especially um, with footballs, you know, you get these people who are just like, why isn't so-and-so starting? You know, it's like, you got to give them a chance. You got to let them, you know, grow a little bit and figure things out. Derek Derek Henry is a perfect example of that. You know, he comes to Alabama. Everybody knows he's a stud running back. They, they have him play in the first game. I think it was West Virginia. Um, and the guy looked completely lost. And then we don't see him. Pass block for, at all. Yeah. I mean, we don't see him for a long time after that. And then he goes through the bowl practices. He goes through everything again, and it clicks for him. And we see him against Oklahoma in the second half, and he is running all over the place. Takes, you know, takes a screen pass, gone, touchdown. Um, you can't assume – Someone's going to step in and be ready, even the first year. It's it's peop, fans are always, you know, it's like, what's wrong with them? Why, you know, why aren't they doing better? We're talking about kids, you know. A lot of them are 18, 19 years old. Um, they're adjusting to a new lifestyle. They're adjusting to new coaches, and they're playing at, a, at an incredibly high level. This team, the younger players, it's beginning to click. It's a per, it's another really good example, um, you know. I, and I just hope that they can keep playing because the more games they play, the better it's going to be. So um, for their sakes, uh, I hope they can make a run. I hope they can go to Oklahoma City, and if they do, we're going to have at least two reporters there. Well, that'd be a blast. I know that uh, the girls are, are. I mean, if you'd have told me 
two months ago, this team's going to go to Oklahoma City. I said, mm, I would like the drug that you're on. Because, yeah. You know, <laughs> the, or I like the optimism that you that you have in your own life. The girls, I mean, they, they, they're starting to put it together. And to your point, I mean, one of their best players should be a senior at Hewitt Trustful right now playing in the state ch- tournament. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's just it's yeah. amazing, and and, and and I'm I'm really excited to see what the postseason holds for both of our diamond sports. Oh, we, we, we can't get out of here without talking about football. The, the gums will kill us if we don't if we don't. So okay. I haven't I haven't uh you know just to open up the Bama Central conversation with Chris Walsh. What do you make about the the quarterbacks? The low hanging fruit. Who's starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide this year? We'll start there and we'll carry the rest of the summer talking all kinds of Alabama stuff. I you know what? I'm not touching that one. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and and, and Smart. Let me explain why. Um it it's you know we kind of go back into you know the, the expectation level with new players and so forth like that. There's they're looking at three people obviously. Um, and the guy that they brought in from Notre Dame, I haven't seen him. I, I, I haven't seen him in a uniform. I haven't seen him in a practice. Um, you know, there, the eye test goes a long way. And I always get these people like, you know, which of the freshmen are going to be starting? I have no idea. You know, um, you know, even the first few, the first couple days of practice, even, it's really, you know, you got to see, you got to see the guys standing next to each other, you know, kind of thing. Um, a day gave me a pretty good um, grasp, I think, on some of these guys. I think, you know, I think Proctor's going to be the left tackle. He's going to be a monster. Amen yeah. to that. Agree. And I mean, granted, it's it's it's, you know, they've played freshmen before. That obviously they've played freshmen at left tackle. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I tell you, I tell you what, the guy who like I was just like, holy cow, when I when I I stood next to him is J.C. Latham. The guy is so wide; he's he's like a, a redwood tree trunk, you know, kind of thing. And it was just, it, and it gave me a whole new appreciation for just how good of a player he is, just by able, just by standing next to him, you know. Um, and you know, it's also of. How fast are the grass, grass things, and so forth? We have to see these guys on the field. It, it's uh, excuse me. Let me backtrack real quick. We do need to see them on the field. This quarterback battle probably is not going to be decided when fall camp starts. It's going to be decided in the next two months when they're doing the seven on sevens. Who's 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 leading the team? Who's who's getting them in and out of drills? You know who's who's developing the chemistry with the receivers and so forth, and then it's a lot of um, who's going to get the team lined up, who's going to get the ball snapped on time, and it's you know like I love Sim- Simpson's got a lot of spunk. Okay, I l- really like his potential. Um, I think Milrow is got to be the leader in the clubhouse right now, but they're looking for more. And and that's just the way it is. And so it's going to three be a three person competition. A lot of it's going to get decided in the summer, and then we're going to start hearing about it. And then it's, you know, we'll get into the fall. We'll get into camp. I, I you know, this is one of those situations. I don't necessarily think it's going to be decided by the season opener. I could see this definitely going into the season. And you know, they got five guys. They haven't had five guys at quarterback in a long, long, long time. So. Um, you know, there's a lot to be decided with that. So it's for me to even speculate. 
you know, I, I could. But to be honest, I'd be full of you know what. What's the value? Sure. Oh, okay. So with that uh, framing, how concerned would you be if we're playing Texas? Steve Sarkeesian knows Quinn Ewers and knows his offense is coming coming in here. How concerned would you be for Alabama's chances at winning and competing in that game if there's still question marks at who's going to be leading the offense? Yeah, that's kind of the game that I kind of circle. It's it's. I wonder how set they're going to be by the time is, is when they play Texas because Texas is going to be. Um, Probably rolling pretty good, but uh, having said that, uh, they got a lot of time to work it. I mean, how many times have we sat there and been like, "Geez, how good are they really going to be?" And they go on that season opener, and you're just like, "Holy cow!" Okay, they've been working during the off season. Um, there's part of me that expects that, but it's. I look at the rest of the offense; they're loaded. I mean, they are just completely yes. loaded, and 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 I get you, you know these people are just kind of like. You know, running back and wide receiver, if somebody is not performing, they're not going to be – they're going to be – you know, someone else is going to get the chance. Get another one in. Next up. And the competition is going to be um, just – I, I think it's going to be incredible to watch, especially at those two positions. I love the line. Um, and, and, look, I I like, like, Emil Echior, nicest guy, Um and, and and what they had last year, I look at the the line this year and how big these guys are and their potential. Um, you know, some of these guys like Booker, you know, just play with a mean streak. Um, <laughs> I think this line's gonna be really good. I really do. So, um, really, the the it's outside of quarterback. There, I don't think there are really too many concerns. I mean, granted, I I can't sit there and say. So and so is going to start at tight end. I think it was going to start at tight end, but I don't know. But it, it's it's not a it's I if if I'm Nick Saban, I'm not losing sleep over that. You know, some of these jobs have got to be determined. That's fine, but just the overall talent level of this team is off the charts. Chris, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm more excited about this 2023 team than I've been about uh, an Alabama football team in a minute. Partly because of everyone, detra- uh, you know, saying you know they're not going to be as good, this, that, and the other. To your point about oh, they're going to come out on the first week and be amazing. The unit walks out of, if the quarterback just fits in, just fit in, just fit in, can uh, protect the football. Then I expect the offense to operate at a high level. I think the defense is going to be really good too. Yes, and it's uh, <laughs> there's a couple of positions that I think you know we still have to see who's going to win those jobs, and you know that's fine. The thing about Kevin Steele being back as defensive coordinator, people who are kind of like, eh, I wonder about Kevin Steele. They don't quite understand what Kevin Steele is like and what he's about. The man is meticulous. I mean, he's one of those guys you see. I saw him in his office one time, and it was like every single thing had a certain little place, and that was it. And he had like certain things within arm's reach, like certain notebooks and so forth like that, and that was it. And he's a very attention to detail guy. The thing that if I'm an Alabama fan that I would be excited about um, with him coming back is I can pretty much guarantee, you know, the problems they've had really for the last 10 years with penalties, he's going to get rid of a lot of that. Um, Music to the Bama fans' ears. Yeah. I mean, and and, well, Saban's too. That's why Saban hired him, you know? Um, And I – you know, I honestly think part of the reason why Steele came back is because of Alabama's uh, retirement tenure. Uh, you know, you get vested, and um, you know it, it's it. That's a really nice bonus that they have, and why they get. I think that's why Sal Sinceri was here too, to be honest. Um, although I really like the Sinceris; they're they're great. 
Um, but Steele is going to, you know, I, his attention to detail, and 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 you're going to see some things that we haven't seen so uh, in a little while. The interior linebackers, I think, are going to be better. That's going to be that's going to be big. I, I like the line a lot. I think the uh, I think the line has got some serious serious potential. Uh, they got the pass rushers. Yeah, really, on defense, about the only thing I kind of sit there and go, eh, it's, it's like depth at cornerback. You know, it's like, wow, that's your biggest problem. That's that's yeah. They're we're, this team is better than than people realize, and and um, you know, it's one of those things where the the national talk is is over here. Okay, over here, and you know the reality is down here. Sorry, my eyes are getting wider though. Can you tell? It's, yeah, you're looking good. You, I mean, can you see me? <laughs> I can see you. Good, good, good. Well, I'm super excited for all this, Chris, and I'm. I mean, I cannot express my thankfulness to you enough about uh, uh, taking a chance on me and bringing us in, bringing me into Bama Central. I'm looking. We're not taking a chance at all. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> wow, it's this is this is going to be great, and um, like I said, we're we're thrilled to have you, and uh, I know everyone else is, on the staff is 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 equally excited, and and. Um, it's, you know, the, one, you know, the, one of the things that this is going to be great about is, 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 is there, you know, we're going to get the chance to introduce you to some other people that we don't necessarily have really good um, uh, video multimedia outlets for, but it's, uh, we're, we're changing that. And uh, we want to give everyone the best experience with Alabama sports that, that we can and, and, and do it in a number of different ways. So um, yeah, you're, it's, we're, we're the ones who are lucky to have you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. For those who are, I want to pay attention to the rest of the week, my goals are to have uh, Austin Hannon on the show to to kind of promote him and talk about the SEC baseball tournament. But Christopher Ross, I'm going to swing big and try to get Keith Askins to join me for a little bit to talk about the Miami Heat and Alabama just kind of combined. Because uh, how many undrafted players are on the Heat? Seven or eight? Keith Askins, Director of Player Development yeah. for the Miami Heat. I want to see if he's just uh, so excited about the improbable run that they're making. So we'll, we'll try to get those two guys those two guys hooked up this week and uh, just cover the tide and have a lot of fun on Bama Central on YouTube, on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm going to figure out – we're putting this out as a podcast as well, so we'll get that put out pretty soon. And it's funny, like it, you know, just real quick, like you mentioned, you know, the the NBA and and just with the Crimson Tide and the the, the number of players who are now. I mean, it's we had to cover the draft lottery for like really the first time that I can remember. Um, and we're gonna we're at, you know we're gonna cover the draft. Um, 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 Blake Byler is, is like I said, he's our Mister Basketball. Awesome. He's gonna be all over that and. Then, so it's uh, lots of new stuff. Uh, and when we get Trey Jones, when when Nate Oates brings in Trey Jones, we're gonna do it all over again. Be awesome, <laughs> <laughs> Chris. This has been a lot of fun. I can't wait to do this every day for everybody. Uh, I, I'm ready to wrap it up and, and start downloading so I can put it out for everybody. So thank you so much for your time today. I know you had a very good stay with your eye, and we, we wish you luck as you're going forward with that. Thanks, and 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 you know I'm looking forward to being able to see it. So um, <laughs> absolutely, you well. So. <laughs> There was a visual joke with that for those people who are just listening, so I apologize for that. You know, it's well, I do have the face for radio, but uh, I got a haircut scheduled this week, so <laughs> gonna, I'm on a diet, so trying to lose five pounds, and we'll, we'll try to make it a little better experience for you. <laughs> now you got like the uh, Leah Organo uh, haircut there going. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he's wearing headphones, folks. The, those these headphones are like big pillows. They look nice. They look comfy. They are very comfortable, yes. That's why I like them. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> comfortable and I can hear you well. Chris, I hope you have a great day and and, and please uh, let us know. Let me know whatever I can do for you. I can't wait to get going. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'll be around, you know, just uh, give me a call. And it's it's like, Chris, we need you back and come and come and tell another story. Not Deontay Wilder. We've done that one. But we'll skip that one for the next time. Yes, sir. Bring another humiliating story. <laughs> oh, I've got plenty. So don't worry. I've got I, I've got plenty. Oh, one time, just real quickly, you, you remember Bobby, uh, Bobby Williams, former special teams coordinator for Nick Saban for many, many yeah. years. The one year that I worked for Alabama football, I was a freshman in 2008. I, I was a special student assistant to the special teams. The defensive student assistant was one Glenn Schumann. Well, I was working with Bobby Williams, and out of practice one day, I, they were doing their thing, and I'm up in the office doing all the computer work. And my immature self ended up falling asleep in Bobby Williams' chair, and he came in after practice and gave me the, what are you doing? And I am out cold in his office. So, uh, yeah, I had plenty of humiliating stories as well. <laughs> Bobby was uh, was a great mentor, but that was a story I'll never forget. Don't ever sleep to, in somebody's I'm, office. I was like, okay. I'm trying to remember. We were at uh, we were at a bowl game, playoff game. Where were we? we were in New Orleans. Because um, I, I now remember what, what, what restaurant we were in. Um, and we had to sit at, at the bar for a long time to get in. Um, it, it's because there was someone on the staff who uh, knew New Orleans, and we we were we asked him, it was like, where are we go? And he was like, go there. Um, but it was uh, I, I sat next to Bobby Williams and his wife, and I want to say it was his daughter mm -hmm. for about an hour, and we had just the nicest time. And uh, so uh, it's it's I I don't know where is is Bobby still at? No, he's not at Oregon still. Uh, where is he now? I don't even know. Well, let's find out real quick. They close our loop to get us out I, of here. I, I wish him well. He is. I believe he's retired. Yep, I believe he's retired. Even better. Yep, even I hope he's better. enjoying his retirement. That's going to be great for him. Exactly. Yep. Chris, hope you have a great day. We'll do it again tomorrow, guys. Follow us at BamaCentral.com. Follow us at BamaCentral on the Twitter machine. Follow Chris and all his work at Riding Walsh on the Twitter machine as well. And we thank you guys for uh, joining us on the maiden voyage of the Joe Gaither Show on BamaCentral.com.